Hello. Hello. Okay, Hi. Jennifer here. Hi, Jason. Hey, how are you guys doing? <laughs> Pretty, Pretty good. good. That's a good time to get on here. <laughs> all right. This is the first episode of Exit 52. Uh, you all are my very first guest here. So uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yes, yes. Um, I want to start with um, how you all got started in, per- in, paranormal, uh, in paranormal investigations. Okay. Who, who wants to start? Gen- okay. Yeah. Can each of you introduce yourselves to my audience, please? Hi, I'm Jennifer Bruder. I am founder of Par- uh, Goal Gals Paranormal. Paranormal. Okay. Cindy, are you here with me? Yeah, I'm here. Um, hi, my name is Sydney Reyes. I am a founder of Ghoul Gals Paranormal as well. Okay. And I see Jennifer joined. Yep. I'm Jennifer? Here. Can I okay. hear you? Yes, yes. I can hear you. <laughs> yep. Uh, yes. So, what are we doing? Introducing ourselves here? you're the one you're the final one yep so that would be me jennifer rose um and i am another founder of cool gals paranormal okay what is everyone's role well all three of us are paranormal investigators and group. so collectively we all role um while three of us are sensitives, um, we're all founders. None of us are higher than the others. We're just, this is something that we're wanting to do together. Can you explain what sensitive the sensitive is? Absolutely. I think Sydney uh, explains it best. <clears throat> so a sensitive is an individual who can sense and feel the loved ones that have passed um, and also the living as well. We can pick up on your energy. We can pick up on um, how you're feeling. We can, um, basically we can just take on your emotions and that's how we can help you out. And when it comes to those who have passed on, we pick up how they died. We pick up who they were as an individual and that helps us investigate and understand their story and kind of help get answers for their loved ones. Okay. Oh. Now we all well, are able, but have different abilities when it comes to being sensitive. Okay. How long so have you not- all been together? Great question. Hello? So we actually just started our groups, so it's been a week um, that we've officially been Ghoul Gals Paranormal, but we have known each other um, Longer than that, uh, Sydney, what would you say? I got to know them in January. It was my first time meeting both of them. And me and Jennifer have known each other since I want to probably say in October, November-ish. Yeah. October. Yeah, so not that long, but it, I mean, it seems like we've known each other for a very long time. We just clicked. So you've been doing it individually and then you all came together yes okay so how did you all get started in paranormal investigations well for me it's been since i was a kid um 
I would hear things in my grandparents' house and see things. So that got me interested. By the time you know it, I was buying books, watching TV shows, asking questions, and, you know, just going off on my own. That's how I got interested in it. Okay. And for me, um, I saw my first shadow person when I was 12. And since then, I knew something was different about me. I knew that I wasn't like everyone else. So I did talk to my grandmother about that. And turns out my great grandma was a curandera. So she is a Mexican witch doctor. So she could see shadows and see loved ones that have passed on and help cleanse people who needed to be cleansed. And so I just kind of inherited her gift. And after that, I knew there was more out there than what everyone thought. And that was my main goal was to help others who have crossed over and find answers for the living if they're being plagued by the paranormal. So that's how I got into it. Oh. Yep. And then uh, for me. Play? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yeah, no. So for me, uh, Jennifer, I have, as long as I can remember, probably about three or four um, have seen and heard entities and just really. I've had, you know, several experiences later on in my life. I've seen full body apparitions. Um, so I, I really strive to help out both the living and the dead as far as understanding um, each other. And then also as far as helping out the living because, well, people that are sensitive like that, like us, or just people that might be plagued with the paranormal, by the paranormal, um, that don't understand it or they might think they're crazy. Their family tells them they're crazy. Cause you know, really the only reason why you're going to tell your family or anybody else about experiences that you're having that, that are paranormal is because you're wanting help. And then people just tell you you're crazy. So we are, are here to help people. Do you think our emotions play, play a part in a paranormal activity, like being a fuel for the paranormal? Like our anger, our sadness, things oh, like yeah. that. Big time. Um, <clears throat> we always say that if you're having problems at home, if you're having problems at work, if you're just having a really bad day, like don't bring that when you come to an investigation. Because there are spirits and there are demonic um, entities that will feed off of your emotions and kind of manipulate the way you think and the way you feel to sometimes harm you. So we kind of just say, you know, whatever problems you have going on, leave it at the door because that can really, really affect you. Yep. And then having these abilities and being the sensitive and feeling others' emotions, you have to know when it's your emotions as to when when it's the spirit's emotion. Mm-hmm. Because the spirits can also manipulate your emotions. And let's say they died in a really tragic way and now all they do is cry, then you as a sensitive that's all you will do is cry as well. So you have to know when to separate your emotions from the spirit's emotions. Okay. Can you tell me about how like children are involved in paranormal activities for seeing spirits, you know, more prone to seeing spirits than adults? And that's, is that something you all can touch on? Yeah. So, I, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Jen. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I believe that, that children are more sensitive to the paranormal just because they're 
their third eye has not been blocked like ours has. So as I get older, um, I feel my third eye calcifying and, and becoming blocked. So I'm not able to, and also I block myself. Um, so I don't see in here as much as I used to. Um, but my daughters, on the other hand, will see shadows in the corner of the room all the time. Um, my daughter has a little girl that follows her around as well. So, um, yeah, definitely kids are, are, are more sensitive because um, they haven't experienced things in life that are going to, you know, cause cause them to block, you know, that portion of, of their abilities. Yeah, and then I definitely. personally, believe, yeah, I personally believe that most children nowadays are what we call star star babies or star children. <clears throat> Those are the children that are more like, like they're more open to seeing spirits and feeling spirits and seeing the shadow people because they come from a different time, a different dimension. That's what I think. Has um, investigating shaped your thoughts on what happened to us when we passed on? Most definitely for me, it has. Um, my grandfather passed away two years ago. And, you know, I always wondered if there was something else after this. You know, do we still walk around somehow in another form? You know, are we still able to communicate with those who are still living if we passed on? And he's come to me and my mom a couple of times already. And it's just reassuring for me that, you know, I get to see him. And then later on, maybe I get to check in on my family when I've passed. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know. I, I don't, I actually haven't thought about that. Um, Cause I have had a lot of people pass. Um even though I have seen, heard, and talked to spirits who have passed on, I actually haven't thought about, you know, my particular loved ones. So I'm not sure. I don't know. That's a good question. That is a good question. <laughs> um, does the paranormal community provide people that are traumatized from paranormal experiences? Like, is there, like the psychologists that they provide for people like how does that how does that work so when I know me personally when I've come into because I am starting to learn that I am a medium so I can speak to uh, to loved ones that have passed on um, with if I have a person come up to me and I give them a message from their loved one that have passed and I can see that they're just really really traumatized really hurt I will, in fact, refer them to um, one of my friends who's uh, learning psychology and learning stuff like that. So that way they can help them emotionally deal with the, the trauma that they have and deal with how they can cope with their loved one passing on. Okay. Can you uh, take me step, step by step through a paranormal investigation as far as like when people come to you? Like what are the things that you all, you know, do once, you know, someone comes to you and says, hey, I think there's a problem. Can you help me? 
Well, initially we want to interview them. That way we get to hear them out and hear their entire story. So we know what to do for them. Yeah, and also and... there might be things that are going on in their life that are causing these things to be right. happening and they might not even put two and two together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then once we establish the interview, um, we find out which equipment we need to use. Um, if we need trigger objects, let's say that there's a little girl involved, um, we'll, we'll usually take like a doll or um, some toys. this new device that we have called a Boo Buddy um, that actually gives this the child or the spirit um, ways to communicate with them through motion sensors and voices and stuff. So we just basically see which equipment we need to take with us. Then when we get to the location, we'll set up our DVR cameras, we'll pull out all of our equipment, and then um, we'll go on from there as far as which rooms need to be, uh, which rooms need voice recorders, which rooms need the trigger objects, which rooms need to be uh, monitored with the cameras. Yeah. Okay. You described one mistake someone can make on an investigation. Are there is there any more mistakes that you could think of that someone could possibly make on an investigation that can possibly ruin the whole thing? Yeah, drinking, drinking. and um, <laughs> for sure. When and someone and someone is under the influence of either alcohol or narcotics, that kind of weakens them as an individual and. That is also one of the things that, like, the spirits can feed off of. If you're not 100% in the mental state of mind, they can pick into that and tune into that, and they can completely just mess with you. Let's say it's a, it's a demonic thing or just an evil spirit. They can mess with your mind and make you think that everyone's against you and mm-hmm. basically turn you into someone that you're not. So how do you all determine which uh, locations are worth an investigation? I think all of them are usually worth an investigation. We're trying to help everybody we can out and make sure they get the help that they need and the evidence they need as well. That way they get reassurance. We just want to make sure we do right by them. And what about uh, spiritual protection? What do you guys do to, uh, you know, make sure that you are spiritually protected? Yes, sir. Is there any praying, any crystals, anything that you all take with you? I personally don't pray. Um, I'm not religious, but I do imagine a light around me and my my fellow teammates. That way they're protected. I'm protected. And I also take crystals with me and just try to remain positive through the whole thing. Have no negative thoughts going in with me, just like Sydney said earlier. What 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 type of crystals do you bring with you? I have tourmaline and I also have amethyst with me, black obsidian. Okay. Um, What claims have you all heard that are most interesting? Hmm. Um, uh, For me, it's always been the Victoria Black Swan. I love everything about that. Just knowing that there was the Battle of Salado going on there, then you have the... um, the Native Americans that had traveled through that area and the spirits that are inside the house as well. Like that place has just always been so fascinating to me. Yeah. 
I think one of the most interesting claims that we've had as far as um, <clears throat> our investigations go um, is the house by the power plant, power plant house, guys, um, or Sydney, I can remember that one, where she did have claims of being able to hear her brother, who I believe lived in South Carolina, or he, he lived in another state. And she could hear him as if he was there in the room with her. Mm -hmm. And she called him and she's like, I heard this from that. And it was a conversation that he was just having. So it's kind of like a portal, which to me sounds more uh, extraterrestrial. Um, mm -hmm. And so those are some of the things that we, we get approached with as well are different claims like, uh, you know, sound portals and things being dropped out of thin air um, that we have to consider is like, okay, is this a, a good investigation for us or do we need to bring in another team that does have some UFO experience um, and that way we can help them that way and try to roll some of that out as well and get to the bottom of what is happening so that they can be helped. Okay. I remember when I was younger, I would watch my mom go to work during the weekend and I would actually hear her voice once she left the house calling out like my name. Mm. I mean, is there any explanation as to why like what Spear would call out with a familiar voice or any, uh, anything like that? That used to creep me out a lot. <laughs> it could actually be different things. Um... So, I, Sydney, I feel like you want to answer this. Um, <clears throat> so there are different things that can contribute to that. One of them in the paranormal field, we like to be, we like to call it a mimic. Mm -hmm. So what it is, is it's a spirit that would take on someone else's voice, someone else's appearance. So that way you can feel a little more comfortable and they can be like, hey, so you can see me, now let's talk. Um, other times, it could just be your mom astro-projecting her spirit to make sure you're okay. Um, like, for instance, my brother had gotten to a car wreck um, three years ago, and my dad was actually stationed in Afghanistan. He was working overseas in a private contract as a private contractor. And my brother got into this accident, and my brother was freaking out. Like, he didn't know what to do. And my, he said my dad actually appeared right next to him and told him it's going to be okay. Like, everything's going to be fine. And the next day, my brother called my dad. And my dad was like, what are you talking about? And my brother explained what had happened. And my dad verified that he did do that. Because my dad actually became friends with a shaman that was overseas as well. And he actually taught my dad how to astro project himself. And actually sent his spirit and his 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 like spiritual being to his loved ones to kind of protect them and help them feel at ease. So it could be either one of those things. Can you explain what astral projection is? Exactly what it is? No, I never heard of that. <laughs> so Jen, do you want to take this one? I feel like no. you'd explain it better. <laughs> <laughs> what about the other Jen? No? Okay. So basically, so Oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, go, go, go. You go. We're so polite. 
So basically, it's like having, I'm trying to see if I can put it into words, because it's in my mind, I can definitely imagine <laughs> this, but it's hard putting it into words. It's like putting a bit of yourself out there to where you want to be. Sydney right. probably do this better. <laughs> so I actually can astro project myself. Um, I usually do mine while I'm asleep. So basically what it is, it's a form of meditation where you can imagine yourself being in another place. Um, the first time I ever astro projected, I ended up at my one of my friend's house and he was a shaman. And I was talking to him and he was like, like we had a conversation just about just regular stuff. And he was like, okay, you need to go back because astral projection is very dangerous, actually, because mm -hmm. if you're not careful, you can actually lose yourself. And sometimes that they say, I'm not 100% sure, like I'm not a scientist, but they do say that some people who end up in like mental facilities actually lost themselves in astral projecting. Yes, oh, that wow. also sort of people dying in their sleep. Right. That can actually happen as well sometimes. Uh, yeah, it's it's they they can die if they're doing it in their sleep, but it's not they're they they have out of body yeah. travel. Yeah, and that's, you can't get lost. I want to reel it back to the locations and actually which locations were the most active, and what are some things that you caught during these investigations that were pretty active. Sydney. So we did a um, we did an investigation at this one resident's house, and one of our investigators <clears throat> he's always clearing his throat, like he's always trying to compose himself. And we were upstairs, and we heard, or what we thought was him coughing, and so we kept calling out to him, "Hey, are you okay? Are you okay?" And we heard no response. Well, a couple minutes later, he gets on the walkie and he was like, hey, were y'all calling me? We're like, yeah, are you okay? We heard you coughing. And he was like, I'm not even inside the house. And that was the first time we ever encountered a mimic. Um, but it was, it was really weird because apart from that, I sat down on the bed and Jennifer Reuter was like, hey, you need to get off the bed. You need to get off the bed. And I was like, why? And then after she said that, I started having trouble breathing. I started coughing. I started feeling sick. And something had told her that I need to get off the bed because something was going to happen. Mm. Wow. Ooh. And that wasn't even the last thing that happened there. We also went to the garage where Sydney heard some scream oh. happen. And she took off running. <laughs> Because uh, the scream, we were in the garage and we were quiet and we were just asking questions. And I'm the only one who heard this scream. And it sounded like a lady was getting murdered. Mm. And it was the most ugliest gut wrenching scream I've ever heard. And I said, Did y'all hear that? They're like, No. And I said, Nope, I'm out. Mm. And I bolted. I was like, God. Was the murder ever done on that property? You know, we um, asked that and we didn't get any response, but me and another investigator that were there, we both kept picking up like someone was being choked 
And so we think someone was murdered on that property by strangulation. Mm -hmm. You caught that on like EVP or something? Um, so we didn't catch that on, we caught the, um, a little bit of the scream and we heard a loud bang on the EVP. But as far as the strangulation goes, um, being a sensitive, we can pick up on how people die sometimes. And so if someone was like choked or hung or strangled or heart attack, sometimes we'll be able to feel how they pass on. Uh, well, as yeah. a sensitive, what were some of the things that you all picked up on during the investigation? Oh, so many things. Sadness. We've, I felt my um, chest start hurting. I felt angry before. I felt like I wanted to just break down and cry so much. And none of these were me. <laughs> so you never yeah. have an anxiety. For me, it was. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you go. Um, so for me, um, it was when we went to the spaghetti warehouse, I felt like I was being hung. I felt something around my neck and I had never investigated that place before. And one of the investigators who had been there numerous times, he was like, what are you feeling? What's going on? So I'm explaining to him what's going on. And he's like, wow. And I said, what? He goes, There's a man who actually hung himself in this office. A man hung himself. Yeah, he hung himself mm -hmm. in the office, but it, which is now, it's no longer an office area. It's just like a corner of the attic. Ooh. And you could feel it looming. Like you could feel it watching you as the second you walk up those attic stairs. Mm -hmm. Well, is there any paranormal hotspots that you all wish to investigate soon? <laughs> so many. Yeah, let me hear it. What, what locations do you want to investigate? So soon would be uh, the Emily Morgan Hotel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Manger yep. Hotel. Those are those are our number one. I mean, because they're here in San Antonio. Um, then we have other places that are outside of Texas. <laughs> But if, like, if we had the funds and we could go anywhere, I think our top one would be Waverly Hills, yeah. San Antonio, for like, sure. Can you tell me about those two places? Look, like, what claims are there? You know, some encounters people had, all of that <clears throat> stuff. Well, the Manger Hotel is located right across the street from the Alamo. Um, so, A, you have the Battle of the Alamo that took place on that land. Mm -hmm. Um some of the claims is you could hear um, Confederate soldiers, or not Confederate soldiers, but you can hear the soldiers. Um, you can actually, they say you can actually see Teddy Roosevelt. Um, and also a, a, a maid that worked at the Manger Hotel was actually murdered by her husband. And they say that she still wanders the hall and she asks... Um, people who are staying in the manger if they need towels, if they need help finding anything. So they say you could see her walking around. And then there's claims of like little kids running up and down the halls. Um, you see lights flickering on and off. There's actually a mirror on the second floor of the manger hotel where no matter mm. how many times they clean it, you still see like handprints on the mirror. Mm. Okay, so I am curious. I love that place. 
I am curious to hear about your first case that you all conducted together, if you all remember it. So all together. It was your office building. (laughs) Yeah. What's that? All together, our first visit that we investigated all together would be um, my office building. And we do plan on doing that again, uh, just to kind of get more into it and focus on the areas that we found to be active um, in my office building. So there was a lot of claims by a lot of my agents because I'm a real, um, I'm a realtor. So I work in a real estate office and a lot of my agents would stay until three, four in the morning, just doing different things. I mean, as realtors, our work never really ends. Um, they would be in the office building late a lot by themselves. Um, doors lock at a certain time, so it's the only people that can get in are people that work there. Um, uh, radio would go off, things like that. So we decided to investigate, and that was the first investigation that Jennifer Ruderhatch, um had come on with had joined us on so that was the first time uh we actually met her at the at the office building there were three different office buildings so we did um investigate all three of them but now we have you know the activity narrowed down a little bit more um but yeah that that was actually a funny one because we well, what do you call it? Uh, a Zach Bagans moment? Yeah, I call it our Zach Bagans moment. Um, we were downstairs, located in the office, right underneath the realtor office, and that that is no longer an office. They kind of use it as a storage space, but it used to be a probation office. And Jennifer yeah. Rose had this new piece of equipment that we were so excited to try out, and so. She is setting up the equipment and I'm live on Facebook and I'm panning around the room, just giving our viewers a a little insight as to where we're at and what's around us and what we see. And she asks, Hey, um, how does this look? And I was like, Oh, that looks fine. Like it looks great there. And she's like, all right, cool. And so we start backing up into the hallway and she's thinking about maybe fixing it a little bit because she doesn't like the way she placed it. And so I'm still panning around, you know, telling everyone, hey, look at this, look at this. And she turns to me and she goes, oh, shit. And she takes off running. (laughs) And so I take off running. And so we're both running at this point. And we get to the hallway and she's like, did you? She was like, what? And I was like, why are you running? And she was like, you didn't hear that? And I said, no, I just started running because you started running. And she was like, somebody was (laughs) running towards us. I was like, nobody was running towards us. I didn't hear anything. And she was like, really? And I'm like, I'm serious. I just started running because you started running. And I call <laughs> it Zach Bagans moment because there was an episode on Ghost Adventures where Zach Bagans and his friend Nick freak out and they take off running. And you hear Zach say, stop running, stop running. And I'm like, that's our moment right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, because I had, I had heard something behind us. So I turned around and I just hear and feel something charging at us. So I'm like, shit. And I start running. Yeah. So. Somebody's going to say something. So yeah, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you all ever heard of a uh, spectral failure? Mm-hmm. I haven't. 
Um, no, I haven't. I came across this looking at somebody's uh, blog. I think that's what you call it. And it's mm-hmm. uh, sexual mm-hmm. attraction to ghosts or arousal from pictures and mirrors, ah. as well as alleged phenomenon of sexual encounters between ghosts and humans. I mean, I heard this and I just had to ask. I mean, like, <laughs> so what, what are your thoughts? On there is there is another word for it. I can't think about it at this moment, but we were actually going to go out to a case where this lady felt like she was always being held down to the bed and something was touching her. Um, but we ended mm-hmm. up going after all because something that had happened with her and her family. So we didn't go. But there is another word for that. I have heard of that before. Um, I read up on as much paranormal stuff as I can. I remember this. I remember reading this one thing where this lady said that she would actually have orgasms because the spirit would do stuff to her. Um, I am one of those people where if I don't see it myself, I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it could I'm not exist. saying we want to see that, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could exist, but until I see it, I don't know. Uh, what about uh, Tom Slip hauntings? Is this something you're familiar uh, with? Yes. I am. Can you tell Are you me familiar about with that? Tom Slip hauntings? <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me so, about that? Like, have. So it's so I have like a time slip experience. Um, but I used to call it that my house, my grandma's house, was alive, and it would repeat giving. So no one would be, would be in the house. One, it's always when one person was in the house. Um, usually in the middle of a nap. And all of a sudden, they would wake up, they'd hear the garage door open, the garage door would close, the garage door that comes into the house opens, and then my aunt starts talking. But no one's actually there, so the house is, is what I what I at the time called uh, it repeating itself because I didn't understand what was happening. Um, but so that's, I don't know the definition of it, but that's, that's what happens when it's a time slip is that it's a particular point in time that repeats itself. Yeah, like it's residual, like it's recorded. And yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. That's why I like to, I like the saying if walls could talk yeah. because they actually can. Like your energy, I guess like the way I like to describe it is the environment, the house, the walls will absorb your energy. It kind of sucks in that little energy. I actually did an investigation for one of my friends. We originally went to go investigate the claims of children. And on my EVP, I actually caught the last conversation her and her mother had before her mom passed away. And you could hear her mom say, am I dying? And she said, yes, you are. And then her mom says, how long do I have to live? And then that's when my EVP starts getting a little hazy. And now that I think about it, that's when my camera stopped working and I couldn't snap any more pictures. And so another, so the the reason why they call it time slip is because some people's theory is that they don't believe it's residual. They believe it's actually time and travel. 
<laughs> yes, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Actually, yeah. that was a time travel thing. Yeah, that's why you no know, time slip, time travel. Just put, try to put that all together. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't know. Maybe the you know energy is being absorbed and saved and repeats itself. There's a time slip, and that be, I mean it, to me it kind of sounds like the same thing, but th there's just different theories on it. Do you provide uh, cleansing services as well? Yes. yes, we do. We do. Um, we offer it to our clients free of charge. You know, if they want their house cleansed, they can. If not, you know, they can opt out. And also to their themselves and their family who lives with them. Okay. So, what do you do for a, a cleansing process? How does that work? What I do is I light sage and I know some of the girls, they'll pray for them or we'll try to respect their religion and what their beliefs are. For me, I like sage and Palo Santo and I'll picture positive things and lights around them and make sure they're, you know, letting the spirits know that they're not welcome there anymore, that they need to pass on and move on and making sure I get them thoroughly and get their house thoroughly, make sure everything's cleansed and, you know, the space is finally cleared. And as sensitive as we can feel that, you know, something's yeah. not there anymore. And I think the clients feel the difference in their households as well. Because mm -hmm. even if they're not sensitive, they you can tell when, when that feeling in the air changes. Yeah. Sometimes the houses feel completely different, like you're in a completely different house. Mm -hmm. Okay. I did reach my final question now. <laughs> <laughs> and is there any plugs that you all want to, you know, put out there where they can find you? Anything like that? On well, we are on Facebook. We're on yeah. Instagram. And we are on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. We have we don't have you know content yet, um, but as soon as we do get our um, sorry, as soon as we get uh, out in investigating, we will have. Um, I don't want to share too much about it. We will have content, but it's going to be something very unique. Yeah and awesome for our our subscribers that are going to be on our youtube page it's not going to be the same thing that we're going to have on our facebook um so and we have a twitter uh, as well you can find us mm -hmm. at ghoul gals paranormal or ghoul gals team yes. and ghoul gals team mm -hmm. that's on facebook uh facebook.com slash ghoul gals team gal is gal 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 we're <laughs> gals <laughs> We're, we're from Texas, so gals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you all again. This. Uh, thank you for having yes, us. Yes. Um. Well, that concludes episode one of awesome. Edit Fifty Two. This is your host Jason. Will you please uh, do your outro, ladies? State your name again. What please for everybody listening? Uh, Jennifer Reuter, and thank you so much for having yes, us. This, this is really exciting. Me too. Yes, this thank is, you. 
like my first time ever <laughs> doing an interview. My brain scrambled a little bit in the beginning. No, you did great. That was you did awesome. great. You had awesome questions. Some of the questions that we've never been asked before, which is awesome. Yes. Oh yeah, I love yeah. getting. I love being put on the spot and being like, uh, okay. "Hold on, wait a minute." <laughs> Jennifer Ruder, correct? Sydney Reyes. Yes. Reyes. And correct, Sydney Reyes. Yep. Of Gal <laughs> Gal Paranormal. Thank you all again. Thank you. I will keep in touch with you all through social media and see you all later. Thank you for joining me again. Thank you. Thank you.